Well, good morning. I hope everyone's doing good this morning. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today at Community Life Church on this gorgeous Sunday morning, man. It is so nice outside. My name is Scott Verno, and I'm the lead pastor here at Community Life, and it is an honor to have you here in our family room or to have you joining us online. Um, we have a very special way to start the service off today. So last week, uh, we started off the service by praying the Lord's Prayer in Japanese, and today you're going to get a little flavor in Spanish. You guys ready for that? All right, so will you give me a, do me a favor and welcome um, Jorge to the stage. Can you guys give him a big round of applause? So this is Jorge Ruiz, and he is from Nicaragua. Yep. And uh, Jorge has worked with Project Hope for a while, Project Hope Worldwide, as one of the instructors there in the project. And um, he's here in the States and doing some work. And uh, we're just so glad to have him. And I, I thought maybe, uh, why don't you share with us a little bit about some of the things we do with the students or how we help them at uh, Project Hope in Nicaragua? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm very happy to be here, very blessed um, to be uh, um, in this beautiful church. And I just thank God because of that. And, well, back in Nicaragua, I mean, it's a huge blessing for us to serve the, the kids, their family in the neighborhood. It's um, they, the children go to the project and they get fed. They have the time to play. Um, they go and we can help them to in their classes to improve the, the problem in the areas that they are struggling. And the, mo the most important thing, I think, is that we can get them to be connected with God. Jesus, so, yeah. yeah, with God, with Jesus. And, I mean, it's amazing just to have the opportunity to do, to do it. And I must just, I mean, I'm just humble and blessed and honored to be part of this. And thank you for having me yeah. here. And so it's you worked with, you were, you were working with language or math or what were you doing when you were there? Well, I probably do everything. A little bit of everything, right? Yeah, math, English, music, I mean, drums, I mean, yeah. and soccer. I have a computer a lab. I mean, there's everything. Everything. The you can do it's everything. So, it's yeah. so incredible. Everything is, is amazing. And thank yeah. you for being here today. No, it's a pleasure for me you to be You ready for this? Yeah. We're ready for it. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'll invite you, if you will, to stand. And uh, Jorge is going to lead us in, in the Lord's Prayer. Go ahead. Okay. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Venga a nosotros tu reino. Hágase, Señor, tu voluntad en la tierra como en el cielo. Danos hoy nuestro pan de cada día. Perdona nuestras ofensas como también nosotros perdonamos a los que nos ofenden. No nos dejes caer en tentación, mas líbranos del mal, porque tuyo es el poder, el honor y la gloria por los siglos de los siglos. Amén. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we're so grateful for the work that you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. And we just take a moment to think of all of our mission partners, whether it's in Zimbabwe, in Nicaragua, in Honduras. Um, God, it's just incredible uh, the work that you're doing um, all around the world. And today on a Sunday morning when we gather our hearts together, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide, offer comfort, offer resource um, that goes beyond even who we are. And as we hear the, the, the prayer that, that we pray every single Sunday morning to start service off with in Espanol, Lord, it means the world to us because it's such a beautiful sound and it all is pointed to you. Our praise, our hearts, just offering you the glory that only, only you deserve. And so today in our time of service, Lord, I pray that, that you would lift our hearts. You know each and every person that's here today and all of those that are watching online, the things we're walking through, the things we're facing. And, and God, we just, we take time just to release those things to you. And, and pray that you would offer us the direction that we need to continue to move forward. We love you. We trust you. And it is in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Amen. Well, good morning, church. We, uh, we wanted to start this week um, that we're about to go into where we're going to be thinking of all the things that we're thankful for. And uh, we wanted to start this week with uh, singing uh, praises to God for Him being the one that supplies all those good things. Because His Word says that every good and perfect gift comes from Him. So is that okay with y'all if we start with that? Amen. All right, let's worship.
this, uh, this past Wednesday, uh, we got to have our first night of worship that we've had in uh, about two years uh, since our last one. And um, it was a really, really special experience. If you got to be here, uh, we are so glad you were here. If, uh, if not, our production team has put on an awesome, awesome video uh, of, of the event on our, uh, our YouTube page. And they got to experiment with some cool new uh, camera angles and all kinds of fun things to really uh, bring the experience to you. So if you didn't get to be here Wednesday night, I highly encourage you to go check that out. It was a really special service. Uh, we all left feeling like, like God had really moved uh, in a big way in that service. But uh, throughout that service, we, we were working through uh, Psalm 42. And uh, the, the major plot or the major point that we pulled out of that was that God satisfies our soul no matter what uh, situation we're in. And one of the things we talked about was that in the, about the middle of that psalm, the psalmist talks about being far from Jerusalem, being way out in the land of Canaan and far from, uh, from, from his spiritual home and feeling uh, discouraged and disgruntled and overwhelmed and uh, even use the imagery of, of being you know, beaten by waves, these, these breakers that, just, that, uh, that are just deep and, um, and are suffocating and overwhelming. And he says, but yet I will remember you. Not I'll remember you when uh, the trial's over, when the challenge is done, but I'll remember you here in the trial. And he ends the psalm saying, uh, by day uh, you, you direct your love to me and at night your song is with me. And, and it's just this potent reminder that God is with us in the middle of whatever it is we are facing and that we can praise and remember who he is and what he does on our behalf, uh, even in the middle of those trials. So um, after we, we talked about that section, we, we sang this next song. And uh, it's a song that, that's about 10 years old now. And I feel like for a, a time there, it maybe was a little overplayed. We played it a lot. But, uh, but approaching it after coming out of that psalm, really, for me anyway, uh, brought a fresh perspective to it. Um, and it, it talks a lot about, about God calling us out into those, uh, those deep breakers, the, into those situations where, where we have nothing to stand on but faith. And um, in, in this Beyond Me series, we're talking about going out and, 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 and ministering to people and bringing Jesus to people. Um, I think it's important to remember that sometimes those trials are things that God calls us into. And he calls us into those for a purpose. And it's, it's, not, uh, it's not a wasted uh, difficulty, but instead is, is a time when our faith can be strengthened. Um, and then we can see who God is uh, clearer Whenever we're, whenever we're not surrounded by all the, uh, the good things that make life easy at times. Um, but more importantly, maybe that time is not just a time for you to strengthen your own faith, but a time for you to be a walking testimony to someone else of who our God is, that our God is, is great and is worthy of praise even when life is not necessarily good. Um, so my challenge uh, on Wednesday and my challenge today is that as we sing this song, Maybe think through what trial or challenge it is that you face today and how can you reframe that as an opportunity to strengthen your own faith and to praise God in the middle of it and, and be a testament to someone else of who our God is. Amen?
oceans deep, my faith will stay. I will call upon your
Father God, we thank you for all that you are today, God, that you are sovereign over each and every one of our challenges, and that you don't let those challenges go to waste, God, but that you take them and turn them for our good and use them to shape us into the likeness of your son and to sharpen our faith, to grow a, a deeper dependence on you within us so that you, uh, you can be more glorified and we can be more joyful. And Father, that no matter what it is that we face, that we can, we can know that you are walking right there beside us and that all those challenges are challenges that you, uh, you have faced before, God. These are challenges you know intimately and that you still reach out to us and, and stay with us through it. And Father, I, I pray that whatever it is that we walk through today, tomorrow, that, that we would take it as an opportunity not only to connect further with you and to, and to trust you more, but that we would also take that as an opportunity to show others who you are and how great our God is that, that no matter what it is we're facing, we can face it with joy and, and know that, uh, that our God has it that you have the whole world in your hands like the Simple Children's Song says, that, that, that you hold everything together and that we can worship you and remember who you are, what you do for us. And God, I, I pray that, that, um, that our faith in those moments would be a testament not to how great we are, not to how faithful we are, but God, to who you are and who the God that we serve is and how much better you are than anything that we could possibly be facing today, God. I pray that others would see that in us and that it would draw them to you and that, that they could connect to you through, uh, through the way that we face our trials. Father, as Tammy comes to, uh, to deliver your word today, I pray that whatever insights you've given her this week, that, um, that you've already been working to prepare our hearts for those, to receive them, to be molded by them, and to be shaped closer and closer into the image of your son, and that as we walk out today, that we will leave changed people after encountering a holy God. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we pray all of these things in the name of your precious and holy son. Amen. Before you guys are seated, if you'll turn around, greet the people around you, learn a name, shake a hand. If you're with us online, we're so glad you decided to join us. Uh, we will be back with you shortly. Well, good morning. Hope everyone is enjoying this beautiful morning this morning. I just want to take another moment to welcome you and thank you for joining us today here uh, in our family room or joining us online. Uh, my name is Scott Verano, and I'm the lead pastor here at Community Life, and, and it means the world to us that you would spend this time connected with us. A lot of places you could be and a lot of things you could be doing, and it means the world to us that, um, that we have this time together. So at Community Life, there's a few things that, that hopefully we're known for. We love God, we love our neighbor, and the thing that, that we believe to be our mission is that we connect people to Jesus, because we believe that Jesus is the source of life. And our hope is that when you discover the source of life, that you will share it with every single person that you encounter. And our role as a church is to walk alongside you. And if there's anything we can do to, to serve you in those moments, um, we'd love to be able to do that. We consider that part of our mission. So, so please let us know if we can do it. But, but thank you for, for spending this time. Um, I have the opportunity this morning and the blessing to, to um, introduce my wife. Not yet. She's going to be preaching today, y'all. So I'm so excited about that. 
And she has been working so hard for weeks, getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning and working through this message and preparing. And, and I'm telling you, she has crushed it in the last two services. So we're excited about um, get, get you guys getting an opportunity here. So I said, Tammy, how can I help you since um, I have a day off, whatever that means? Um, I have a day off and you're taking the stage. What can I do? And she said, you can do all the commercials. So do all of the advertisements and all of the information, and then I'll just come up and preach. Um, so it's like a hype man. Is that what I am? Oh, it's awesome. Oh, she says it's awesome. Okay. So here is the information that we would love for you to be able to know. So as a church, we sponsor angels, Advent angels, um, families that we sponsor. And we started off with over 100, like 125 of them. And I think we have 25 to 30 left. And we would love to go ahead and get those sponsored before the end of today. So, and you can do that through the church app or stop by and see Vicki out in the lobby and she'll get you all set up. And those are children and seniors here in our, in our community where we can help provide Christmas for them. And you guys are just amazing how you bless families. So thank you for taking care of that. The second announcement, many of you will be traveling over the Christmas holidays, but you still want to attend the candlelight service with us. And we want to make that possible. So the way we design the services is that you can follow along online, even if you're on vacation with the family or you're in another state with your extended family. Family. Um, we will provide for you what we call connection boxes, which have all of the candles and the Christ candle and all the things you need to follow along while online. And this is for the online community as well. You can go ahead and do that. We need you to register, though, so we can get them ready and you can pick them up before you head out of town. That's at um, clc.life slash Christmas connections. And we'll get that information together and let you pick those up. And then last but not least, uh, Kat is preparing for like the next wave of ministry at the church. We've got this incredible ministry, uh, a military ministry that we're a part of here at Community Life. But we want to extend that and figure out what that next iteration is going to look like. And she's doing a military roundtable coming up on uh, November 29th. That's a Wednesday night from 6 to 8. Uh, you can be active, retired, a spouse, whatever your connection is to the military. We would love to hear from you. And if you would consider doing that, come and join us on that night. And uh, we just want to hear your ideas so that we can better resource you and stand alongside you in in this area and really reach out to and and love so many of our military families. Sometimes we get you for six months, three years, whatever that looks like, but we want to be of value to you, and that ministry is such a great way to do that. Amen? Okay, so it is without further ado that I get the opportunity to introduce to you Tammy Verano. Will y'all give her a big round of applause? Thank you, sweetie. I, um, I absolutely love that. I ma- so first of all, I, I made Scott go on a date with me last week, and I made him. I forced him. And, um, and then I just made him drive around for two hours so I could preach to him in the car <laughs> and then just take all the notes, like, go back, say that again. Uh, it's such a helpful thing um, because I, he's so awesome, so incredible of a speaker. Um, Jorge, thank you so much this morning for the prayer in Spanish. It was so beautiful. And our worship team did an incredible job today. That was so beautiful. And we had uh, Tyler Suggs was our guest. He was uh, on guitar this morning, so he did an incredible. Yep, Tyler was so good. Um, so Clint mentioned uh, in, his, in his last week, in his message, you know, that not everyone feels called to foreign missions. Um, he mentioned something so amazing, though he did say it's our, it's our job, 
you know, as Christians that we represent Christ to the world in whatever way God wants us to do that. And sometimes it may look like walking across the street to a neighbor, going down the street to the cul-de-sac. Um, and, and I think that's true. Every, every day we need to be doing those things. It might be, you know, doing something kind for somebody at Walmart, whatever it is. I think those are the things that God requires of us for sure. Um, I want to make a little challenge, though, to you this, this morning, and that is... Um, if you can take a mission trip, foreign missions trip, and you have the opportunity to do that, please do that. You know, that scripture that teaches us to go into the world, it just is another level. Yeah, we are mission, we do mission work here in the community, so many things that we can jump into, but there is a life-changing opportunity that happens when you go out of the country. This is a very big and beautiful world. God's kingdom is so beautiful, so full of people who love Jesus and who praise him in so many languages, and let's be honest, someday we're all gonna be worshiping together forever in eternity in heaven. And so it's just beautiful to, to get out and to be able to do that. And there's just um, some beautiful opportunities when you, when you get an opportunity to, to love on the kids as well and minister to them. And they minister just as much back to you as well. Uh, CLC Partners, I know Scott said it earlier, with an organization called Project Hope Worldwide. We are taking a team. We just leave in a couple of weeks from now. So please keep us in your thoughts and prayers. And I would love the opportunity. Uh, I'll be out in the lobby after this service is over. If you are interested in jumping in. Uh, we're going to go next next year. We have a trip coming up in Nicaragua next year. Uh, child sponsorships. Please come and see me out in the lobby after we're done. Uh, Pastor Clint preached last week, did a great job. We looked at chapter uh, nine of Acts. We studied the conversion of Paul where a single act of obedience by a man named Ananias, who uh, no one even really knew, there was very little about him in, in the Bible, changed the world forever just by his obedience. He was willing to even risk his life, not knowing what was gonna happen, and, and went and ministered to, at the time, his name was Saul, flipping one of the most notorious persecutors of the church, and later he becomes Paul. We know, the, we know the rest of the story. We end up with the entire New Testament because of his obedience. So uh, what a huge impact because of that obedience. Today, we're going to look at another story of someone who teaches us what it means because we're in a series uh, called Beyond Me. And so we're going to look at another story that teaches us how to go beyond ourselves. And we'll be jumping into the book of Genesis here in just a moment where it all began and reading about a guy that you may know named um, Abraham. Now, just to set a little bit, just to tell a little bit about this, um, a few weeks ago, Scott was preaching uh, on Abraham and got up on stage and attempted, love you, baby, uh, attempted to sing the song Father Abraham. And, and I, I, you know, it was no bueno. He knows that. I've, we've talked about it. Uh, but I thought this morning it might be fun if just to warm up a little bit, we could, you would help me and we can show Scott, you know, how it really, how the song's supposed to go. And so you can get your arms involved here this morning as well and warm up a little bit. Father Abraham, come on, sing it. Had many sons, there it is. Many sons has Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right? Okay, that's enough. Very good. Good job, everybody. Um, 
lost my place there a minute. That was funny. Uh, so let, before we set the stage here, before we jump into Abraham, it's important to understand what was happening in the book of Genesis leading up to this story. I heard Jim Bell say this one time in Bible study, and he said this many, many times. Um, it's so helpful for our understanding of the Bible. And that is when you pick up your Bible, see these first few little pages right here, Genesis 1 through 3. This represents the way that God intended our lives to be. No shame, no guilt, Adam and Eve um, walking with God, enjoying a relationship with him. And then, just like humanity, in chapter 3, everything goes south. And what's so beautiful about the rest of this Bible, all of these pages right here, the rest of this Bible is God's restoration plan for humanity. We learn over and over and over through the stories. God's effort, his main goal is to pull us back, to restore us into that original relationship and walk with him. And so that kind of helps you when, you, when you're looking at the Bible, like that's the plan. That's always been the plan. In Genesis chapter 3, chaos breaks out as mankind begins to this downward spiral. Uh, from there, we have the story of Noah. God purging the earth by flood, and then it moves to the Tower of Babel. Humanity pursuing power and knowledge as opposed to God. They were apart, separate from God. And then finally, we get to Genesis chapter 12, the story of Abram, and we all know him as Abraham. Um, but today I'm only going to be talking about chapters 12 and 15, and it's not until chapter 17 when God changes his name from Abram to Abraham. So you'll hear uh, us talking about Abram. It's the same guy this morning. And just for context, this story takes place roughly 2,000 years after Adam and Eve. So here's Adam and Eve, only 12 chapters. Here's Abraham, 2,000 years for reference sake, we are about 2,000 years away from Jesus. Can we agree that a lot can happen in 2,000 years? When you're looking at the, 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 the gospel, or, the, or the, not the gospel, but Genesis, you're like, man, that's only 12, that was what? That was 2,000 years? That's a long time. God is always at work thousands of years from the beginning of time, generation after generation, working to restore mankind back to the heart of God. Here we are at CLC today. And thousands of years later, God's purpose for us has not changed. It's still the same intent. God still wants, as we spiral in our messes, uh, as we um, so often uh, have a, a challenging times and we, we maybe lose our faith and we struggle, God is always longing to restore us back to him. The difference now from the Old Testament is that we have seen and experienced the hope of this man named Jesus. And that promise that we have in Jesus began with the obedience of one man, Abraham. And that's how important he is to our story. So we're going to jump in and start reading Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 9. And it'll be up on the screen. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, 
And whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot was with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. And I want to stop just for a minute so we can visualize this. Imagine what it would be like for uh, God to show up at your house to tell you that he needs you to uh, leave everything you've known. You're 75, and he, he needs you to walk away from everything that you've known. Oh, and by the way, um, I'm not going to tell you where you're going to go. I just need you to pack up your stuff and start walking. <laughs> How many of us would be willing to do that? Every, I mean, y'all, we can collect a lot of stuff in 75 years. I'm just saying setting out for this unknown destination. I don't even like to go into Pensacola unless I use my GPS, right? Like I'm, I'll even know where I'm headed, kind of maybe, but no, before I pull out the driveway, I'm gonna enter it on the GPS or the app so I can make sure I arrive safely and don't miss an exit. There are a couple of noteworthy things to mention. Um, during this time, families stayed together they lived closely so that they could help one another. They would share resources. They had to. It was really survival. And, but it's also what families did. It's the way they lived. They traveled together. They just kind of stuck together as families. Leaving their family would have required a huge sacrifice and life change for Abraham and Sarah. Clearly, Abram had some uh, type of understanding with God. Now, this, I had to really study this this week and wrap my mind around it because um, Abram would not have had the kind of, it would not have looked anything even remotely refined as, as what we know today. There were no books, um, so it had to be an oral tradition, something that was passed down from generation to generation. And we know, I mean, how far back can we even remember the generations, our grandma's stories and how they change over time. So, you know, he, he would have just been learning and taking everything that he knew that was passed down. But also later on in Joshua chapter 24, um, it mentions Abraham's, or Abram's father, Terah, who served other gods. So now you have a whole different dynamic in on his understanding of who God was and what that meant. Regardless of Abram's understanding at the time, we know he encounters God, he hears God, he knows that it's God, the one true God, and then he, the Bible tells us that he was obedient. God was just beginning to reveal himself, uh, and he chose Abram to be the one that he would do that through. So the first marker this morning the first marker to living a life beyond me is obedience to God. It's so important. Was Abraham perfect in his obedience? He was not. We hear the rest of the story. We know how some of those stories go. Are we perfect in our obedience? We are not. For the rest of Genesis, we see Abraham and his family failing, um, making poor decisions at every turn, and God still sees Abram, uh, gives him the promise, and, and honors his obedience. Abram's obedience was the link this in, to this entire world's connection to Jesus, came through the promise that God gave Abraham. In a sermon several years ago, Scott said something that um, I've never forgotten, and he said, God placed a perfect gospel in the hands of imperfect people. 
We don't have to be perfect. But it's God, God's plan. He wants to use us to change the world. And so he starts with our obedience. I'm going to continue reading um, in verse 5. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in, in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem, and that, at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Um, many scholars speculate uh, about why they would build altars. We see this a lot in the, New, in the Old Testament. Um, they, they were often a touchstone. If you go to Israel, you will see that they place rocks. Even when we were on the Sea of Galilee, they just kind of pile rocks as a, as a, as a moment to remember. So we do know that it was a remembrance of the promise that God made, possibly an act of worship, honoring God for that moment. For us, we take photos and videos. Like how many of you right now on your phone have thousands of pictures? Am I the only one? Okay, yeah, like I lost count after, I don't know, 10, 11,000, something like that. And, um, and, and you know, you, you don't even want to tackle it. It's, it's so much information. We have our memories through photos. Abraham built altars. Later on, he, he builds another altar. So we know one thing is for sure, it, it was a landmark. Every time they would pass by it, then whether it was Abraham or his children or his children's children, they would be able to look and say, Oh, yeah, we remember the promise. God kept his word. We remember what God did there. Continue reading. Let's continue reading from verse 8. From there, he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Okay, I kind of feel like this next part is tradition, and I'm super excited about it. Although, um, I, I had to, I had, Scott almost didn't want to share with me. Um, but this is map time, y'all. I even have Scott's pointer. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> so, uh, just for context's sake, this map is going to show us the journey that Abram's dad made, his name was Terah, by bringing the family to Haran. And then after God speaks to Abram, the journey from Haran to Shechem. And I'm going to show you that in just a moment. So here is the journey that uh, Terah, Abram's dad, made. We're going to follow this red line right here. This is 600 miles from Ur all the way up to Haran. Um, over here, before we get to Abram's story, over here, and I learned a new word this, this week, y'all, um, fertile, uh, fertile crescent. Did I get that right? Yeah. So all of this, it just means that the ground is fertile here, uh, mountains, and right here uh, is the Arabian Desert. They would not have been able to cross through the, the desert because there wouldn't have been any resources there. So then let's get to where God speaks to Abram, right? So God speaks, uh, first of all, at the end of chapter 11, Terah, after he takes his family up to Haran, um, 
They, they are there for a few years, and then he dies at the age of 205 years old. So then God speaks to um, Abram, and they move on this blue line. He says, go to the land I'm going to show you. He doesn't know where he's going to go. So Abram moves his family from Haran down through to Shechem, um, Without, I mean, just go and I'm going to show you. Uh, this, this right here is 400 miles right here. Now, that's the length of a Disney trip, y'all. Any Mickey Mouse fans here? Woo, I heard that. Can you imagine this trip? So let's just kind of, I mean, for us, right? Six and a half hours, it's a piece of cake. Uh, no car, no cell phone, no movies, no video games. God says, go to the land I will show you. Basically, he's the GPS. And if Abraham is anything like other husbands, and I'm not going to talk about other husbands right now. I'm just talking about mine. That might be safe, safer to do that. Uh, he's, he's not asking for anybody's opinions or directions. I'm sure that Sarah was having a blast on this trip. This was, this was a trip of a lifetime right here. Traveling by camel, um, walking uh, a lot of the time. Let's remind ourselves that Abram is 75 years old on this journey. Traveling with livestock, everything that comes along with traveling with that many uh, animals and trying to keep them alive, taking care of them. Plus, you've accumulated 75 years of stuff, so all your stuff is with you. And if you've ever been to Israel, it's a lot of rock. There are no blacktop roads. There are no rest stops. Uh, there's no Chick-fil-A exits. No Busy Bees, like one of my favorites. And they are not glamping on this trip. I know I, I, know I, I don't mind. Uh, some people like to camp. I, li I don't mind glamping. This was not one of those situations. This was a hardcore tent on rock situation. <laughs> it was a big ask, a huge step of obedience for Abram and his family. In essence, God was asking him to leave his father's household because God was establishing a relationship with him. And he would be the lineage through which Jesus would come. Throughout scripture, God becomes known as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Nations, people were getting to know God through Abram. Again, because this was, was new, uh, so, so he was getting to know, the, everyone was getting to know um, this God through Abraham and his family. Throughout scripture, God becomes known. And, and so God begins revealing himself to the world through this family of Abraham. And everywhere Abraham and his family went, they would have been known as the followers of this God. Scott and I were talking last week, and one important thing that, that uh, we thought it was a, a really neat thing is that Abram is really becomes the first missionary in the Bible. He becomes the very first missionary for God. All of their actions would reflect God, especially since the understanding of God was not widely known. And yes, their family had plenty of dysfunction. Um, we also have uh, dysfunction. Our world that we're in uh, is often uh, in, in, a, in a place of dysfunction. And we know that God still loves us right where we're at, right? Still loves us and, and always drawing us back to him in spite of everything. 
I know we all have stories um, about our journeys. We could, it would take all day long to go through all the beautiful things that God has done in our, in our lives. Uh, sometimes we hear him speak clearly, and then other times we don't have a clue what's going on. We're like, God, I'm, I can't even take it day at a time. I'm just going to take it minute at a time right now. And um, when Scott and I first moved here from Orlando, uh, we moved here in October of 20, 2006. Micah, you were three years old. We both knew 100%. Not, there, was no, there was no maybe. We knew 100% uh, that God wanted us to come to this area. We didn't really have a clue. Other than the fact that we knew God had called us here, and we really did believe um, that he had called us to, to start a church I remember so many moments um, just almost giving up, just the discouragement that came with, with believing this, this call. Um, and I would look back to that promise because when we left Orlando, we knew. Scott even came to me and said, hey, we are not going to move until you know that you know. Let's both be praying about it. And we did, and we, and we followed God, and we knew that that was what he was going to do. So it was that promise that... Um, kept me going through all of that time. I experienced moments of anger. I experienced depression, um, doubt, confusion, like, God, what are you doing? Knowing he was faithful, that he had a plan, um, that is truly what uh, got us through it. And then 17 years later, as we sit in this room at CLC to see his goodness, uh, so many years of goodness and just where he's brought us. Um, he is so faithful. He's such a loving God, and I am uh, beyond grateful for his goodness to us. The journey is worth it. It can be some of the most challenging times that you'll ever go through, but the journey is worth it. Uh, the one thing that I want to say to you this morning is that if you're in a season like that, maybe you're just in a place where you don't know. Trust in God. Don't let go of the promises that he's given. Don't let go of the faithfulness. And then I want to add one more section of Scripture where God clarifies the story. So we're going to skip ahead to chapter 15 for just a moment. Uh, he didn't originally give Abraham the full picture, just like we don't always have the full picture. He just told him to go and that he would bless. He would show him the way. So Abram, after living in this area for a while, somewhere he was between the age of 75 and 100 years old, he's tired, he's uh, battle-weary. He's broken. Uh, he, he hasn't seen the promise fulfilled of this heir, and, and uh, he's mad about it. We've all been at places where we've just been emotional and, and not knowing what to do. Um, and it's important to remember that we're not going to hurt God's feelings with our emotions. God can take it. He's not rattled by our doubts. You know what he is? He's loving. He's patient with us. He's kind, and we're about to read in this scripture uh, where you see that that's the, the God, how he was to Abram during his, his frustration. So Abraham chapter 15 pushes back on God a little bit, uh, starting, I'm going to read 1 through 6. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abram said, you have given me no children. 
So a servant in my household will be my heir. I, I did just a little bit of research on that this week, and there are different thoughts, but it is possible that it was the law at the time um, that if they did, if you did not have any descendants, that everything would go to your head servant in their household. Uh, at this point, what was Abraham feeling? Um, We've experienced it before. God, I've followed you. I've trusted you. I've uprooted my entire family, and you promised. Um, how many of you have children, and you, you go out shopping, and then, you, you know, you're, you might just kind of mention, oh, uh, later we might get some ice cream. And then you drive home, and you, might, you miss the ice cream. And they're like, Mom, you didn't stop. You promised. You know, I think sometimes that's how we are. That's how we are with God. Uh, and, and instead of getting on to Abraham and be like, hey, buddy, um, he did not do that. He was so patient and kind. Maybe we ask ourselves the questions like, did I even hear God correctly? And I think a big one that we often ask ourselves, maybe I've done something wrong. Maybe I've messed up along the way. Maybe I've missed something. And so let's keep reading uh, chapter 15, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And then this is so sweet. This is where uh, God is just so kind and gracious to Abraham. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky. Abraham, count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. God had already given Abram the promise, but he was so patient and so good, just like he is to us in those moments of doubt um, when we re really need it, especially when we really need it. And so then that last ch uh, verse, chapter uh, 15, verse 6, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. In the New Testament, Paul confirms this exact scripture in Romans 4, 3, and then again in Galatians 3 and 6. Genesis chapter 15 teaches us that God's response uh, to our faith, that God responds to our faith. He responds to our faith. He counted Abram's faith as righteousness. So the second marker today to living a life beyond me is having faith, trusting in God. And we know that that's such an important part of our journey, don't we? It's just easy to forget that when a lot, so much is going on. It's so easy to forget that. Remember after Abraham and Sarah finally had Isaac, he still had to make that trip to the altar, didn't he? Just trusting God, knowing all of the time, you know, God's faithful. He hasn't brought me this far. I know that he's going to come through. And then we know he sends a ram at the last moment. But the journey was not over. It's, it's not over for any of us. Genesis 15 is a pivotal moment in Abram's journey the divine covenant between God and man. And it's not uh, later until Genesis chapter 21, 25 years from the initial promise that God made. Abraham was, Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. Isaac was born and the promise was fulfilled. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, Scott was teaching from Galatians 3 and 6, which is that same verse about Abram believed and God counted to him as righteousness. This verse is the verse that, 
Paul builds his entire theology from, our understanding of Christ as being the Savior and then connecting the connection that we have with Jesus all the way back to Abraham and Abraham's faith. We need faith in Jesus in order to be counted as righteous. God saw Abraham as righteous because of that faith. So through Abraham, one man's faith, not perfection, but his faith, came the promise to all. How amazing is that? Came the faith of all generations through this man's faith and obedience. It wasn't his wealth. It wasn't his gifts. It wasn't his talents. It wasn't his goodness. It was his belief and his faith in God. What are the, some of the things that we're wrestling through in this scripture today um, that God reveals himself uh, to the world through Abraham? And here's the truth. God reveals Jesus through us. The surrounding nations got to know who God was through Abraham and his entire family. God was known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when we go out into the world, when we connect with people, when people see our lives, we are the way that God is known. We, are, we, are, we carry the message of Jesus just like Abraham did. When they were in the wrong, uh, just like us at times where we struggle and we don't make, wrong we don't make the right choices, um, then God is the one to deal with that. We live in a time, um, and I know some of you have probably seen so much of this on TV, uh, where there's so much failure in the church, uh, so much church hurt people that leave the church because God's people don't always represent him well. And y'all, we have an obligation, we have an opportunity for putting flesh on the gospel and representing God in the right way. Everywhere we go, every day, just being aware that somebody might look at me and see Jesus through me, and that might be their only connection to God. What if someone is watching and their only connection to Jesus is through you and me? What is their thought of God? Uh, if all they know of him is through me, what are people thinking about who God is if that's all they know and see? A couple of things um, as, as I'm closing this morning. First, that God desires a relationship with us. He is always working to restore. Aren't y'all so glad about that? I am so thankful that he doesn't give up on us and that he, he can look through all of our mistakes and still his one desire is pulling us back, pulling us back. Secondly, in order to live into this message of going beyond ourselves, our obedience and our faith is crucial. But faith and uh, obedience is not one and done. That would be, that would be a, maybe a little bit, it's never easy, but it would be a little bit easier if it was just once and done. It's a lifelong journey. It's, it might feel like 400 miles on a camel and you have no idea where you're going. Sometimes life feels like that. Living beyond me is not just about our story, but rather how can your story, how can my story then impact the life of someone else? The way that Abraham's life changed our lives forever, then God wants to use us to change others. And if you haven't accepted um, this in this faith, if you haven't believed, come to believe in Jesus, then just start right there this morning. 
it can happen today. You know, Scott and I are going to come down at the altar in just a moment, and we would love the opportunity to pray with you if you just say, I don't even know where I'm at in life right now. Like, I don't even, I don't even know what I believe completely then just come and we would love, we would love to pray with you. It's, it's really as easy as just opening up your heart and say, God, I don't have all the answers, but I know you do. And I'm just going to start by believing this morning. The reason that CLC has connecting people to Jesus in our mission statement is because we truly believe that connecting to Jesus is what changes you forever. We're not the ones that do it. We can come alongside of you and help you and support you and love and pray, but Jesus is the one who makes the change. He's the one that does the work. And then just like uh, Abraham, you know, our, our life, it's such, a, it's such a journey, isn't it? And our, our faith and our belief in him is where it begins. And as Kyle comes out for closing on this last song, what's the challenge then for those of us who do know Christ What's our challenge today? How will we respond to the call? How will our lives uh, be different so that we can live beyond ourselves a life that's not selfish but truly pointing to Christ? And maybe your life this morning um, is chaotic. Maybe you know and you believe in God, but you've just um, been discouraged and hurting and you don't know which way to turn. And so, again, we'll be at the altars this morning. But you don't even have to come to see us. The altar is just open. You can just come and kneel at the altar and pause in that chaos. Just pause in the chaos just for a moment. And even if you don't have the words to say, just say, God, I, I'm here. And I, and I do trust in you. Help me. Invite God to do a work in you. That's, that's, all, he, that's all he wants and then he will do the rest. God's desire is to change the world, and he does it through us. He does it through our faith and our obedience in him. So would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we thank you um, for the word. We thank you for the truth that we learned through Abraham's story. Um, just, God, right in the middle of, of our lives, uh, the ups and the downs, the messes, Lord, uh, the fact that we're not perfect and yet still um, you love us. And we desire to connect to you this morning. God, I, we desire to go beyond ourselves uh, and represent, uh, get out of the comfort zone, Lord, of our own lives and, and truly be a representation for God today. Just give us the strength to trust in you more. Give us the strength to believe. Um, I know so many are here, um, just in, like in the other services before, just in different seasons of our life and what this means for us. But we wanna be obedient. Help us today. God, thank you for loving us um, so well. Thank you for your grace and the hope that we have in you. We love you and we just give you back this time in Jesus' name, amen. The altars are open. Would you stand up? Kyle is going to lead us in this final song. And uh, the altars are open. We'll be down at the front if you need prayer.
job this morning. I'm so proud. But I'll tell you when I was really proud when she put a map up on the board. This week when she said, what's Mesopotamia? I said, oh, honey, I love you so much. Oh, that's just one of my proud moments. I, this has been a fun couple of weeks talking through the message, and I'm just so proud of her. Uh, we are praying for you in this holiday season as you go to visit with family. We're praying for an extra measure of patience and peace during this season. And uh, just remember that wherever you go, uh, you represent Christ and, and that God is with you in the midst of all of this and set those boundaries and, and love people well. Amen. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. And as we go from this place, I pray that you would lead us and guide us and allow us to experience the, the palpable presence of your spirit this week um, as we are truly grateful for the blessings that we have. Lord, even in the midst of all the struggles, um, you show up so mightily in our lives each and every day. We love you. We trust you. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.